and welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. And we have a special guest with us today. We have Connor, is it Gossel? That is correct, yeah. Hey, I said it right. And he is from (laughs) The Haunted Historian on Instagram. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. So what is The Haunted Historian? What do our listeners know? Yeah, well, you know, um, surface level, easy way to describe it. Uh, it's intentions that it set out with, set out with, I should say, two years back, was just kind of to develop a community of similar-minded enthusiasts from around the country and around the world who had evidence via photos or videos to share, cool uh, experiences that they'd had at locations. And it started out that way for a while, just kind of sharing a lot of people's and a lot of teams' evidence. And then kind of it, once it started to grow a lot more, we got a lot more people behind it, and we started getting some funding behind it. It kind of grew into more of a historical documentation site. We started working with some production uh, teams on Travel Channel for doing some of their location scouting. We started flying all around the U.S., helping to open up these haunted houses for other people to get involved with. So now it's uh, it's everything from A to Z. It's hard to describe it in one sense. It kind of operates in a lot of different capacities and a lot of different manners for whoever is asking it to do so, (laughs) if that makes sense at all. That's awesome that it's grown so much. And yeah, I mean, the paranormal community is, I, I, I like to like think that we all have a little bit of paranormal experiences, but we all keep it quiet. And so when there are groups like the haunted historian or like our podcast or other paranormal podcasts, paranormal TV shows, I think it brings all of us creepy people out of the woodwork. <laughs> I, I, I fullheartedly agree. <laughs> Definitely. Man, that that like, sounds like a dream job to me. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. flying around going to these places. Like a guy. Oh, it, it, shed, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, I, 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 I have an actual job. <laughs> I, I would love to say, you know, this, this pays the bills, everything and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, all the expenses be kind of, uh, all the funds are coming to kind of redirect towards the page or towards historical preservation efforts or uh, to marketing and stuff like that. So we all have day jobs. And then when the sun goes down, we just kind of uh, pick up our gear and do what we love to do, the same as you guys. Yeah. Do you guys investigate as well or do you just? Yeah, um, we, de- we definitely investigate. I-, I will say it's gotten more difficult in the... Uh, the more recent years, um, uh, just because we kind of created it in college. And then once we started to graduate, we all went our separate ways. One of us is in Tennessee. Another one is in Ohio still. I'm out here in the Phoenix area now, and I'm kind of back and forth a lot between here and Texas. So we try to do investigations. And when we do, they're a little more large-scale ones. So... It's a lot of uh, kind of doing personal investigations or working with teams outside of our own and kind of sharing with each other our experiences and kind of using those tools and contacts we get with other teams and kind of continue to grow their brand and continue to grow the team for the haunted historian. But uh, I will say, I'll say, you know, my most recent investigation was last weekend. I have a client who's working on opening up um, a hospital on the outside of Mineral Wells, Texas, called the Beach Army Hospital. And they wanted me to help in opening up and marketing it to the country to for the next three or four months before the construction starts on it to renovate it to allow ghost hunts there. And I told them, you know, I'm more than happy to do that, of course. That sounds <laughs> horrifying but awesome. But uh, I'm like, you know, I don't want to mislead anybody for me to put them on the page and say, hey, ghost hunts here. I want to, you know, you know, say awesome ghost hunts here. And I know for a fact that this place is haunted. So. You know, last Wednesday, sorry, sorry, last Saturday, I was out in the Mineral Wells area that flew me out. I locked up for, my, for the night inside of the hospital, um, which I certainly wouldn't recommend to anybody listening right now. That's like <laughs> number, number one thing that was going through my head and that should be going through anybody's head. Don't go into any unknown situation like that without any kind of backup. Things can go south very fast. Luckily, they didn't, but I did leave without a shred of doubt that, that place is haunted, and now we're working with uh, Haunted Rooms America and a number of teams out in the Texas area to start getting uh, all the bookings taken care of. Well, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> <for it. laughs> so um, what got you into the paranormal? I mean, all of us, I think, have an experience that brings us into it. So what is it that brought you into the paranormal world? Yeah, you know, that, that's something I get asked a lot. And I wish I had some incredible coming to story 
almost everybody I know, similar to you guys, like you were just kind of uh, hinting at there, had an experience or they grew up in a house with this kind of activity or something along those lines that really impacted them at an early age and early portion of their life that kind of followed through and inspired them later on down the road. For me, you know, it was just a natural inherent affinity for the genre, uh, for the excitement, for the adventure. And really it just kind of grew from there. It kind of went from doing it in high school with some friends because we were near a couple of locations, uh, you know, just kind of messing around the weekend, something that was different than going to the movies or walking around in the mall <laughs> and kind of grew from there to like, Hey, this is, more than just a fun little thing to do on the weekends to pass the time. This is actually really cool, really interesting. Let's, we should travel around to other places and do this. And then fast forward six or seven years, and here we are now. We get to leave the show for a lot of it, which is really cool, and it's really awesome to um, talk with people and hear how they got into it, mostly because it's usually a lot more interesting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I think Dave got into it because of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dragging him in with you. Yep. It's like, hey, you're married to me now. You have to you have to live with my crazy spooky stuff. <laughs> he had never you'd never done it prior to meeting her? No, not really. I mean I had some interest in it, but nothing, uh no kind of actions towards it though. That that's a that's a good husband right there. You know, people <laughs> they get they get married and they want to accept the good and the bad of their significant other and now pick up after yourself a bit more, but then you have you have your wife and say, I like to lock myself down inside of sanatoriums and haunted hotels. And he's all for it. He's like, I'm down. He's a good man right there, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch football with her too. Yeah. He, he hates football and I make him watch football with me too. <laughs> <laughs> well that, that that's more understandable. I can I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, so what's like this I don't know how to word it. What would be the scariest place that you have been been to or in, experienced? Yeah, um, you know, I think the the scariest experience the experiences that I've had are kind of uh, locations that are that are off the books in the sense that they're not really open for paranormal investigations, but uh, a family or I, I guess instead of rambling, I'll say exactly the, the scenario I'm thinking of. Um, it was about one year ago, Columbus, Ohio. I was back in town visiting the team and well, and my family as well with the team <laughs> this evening. <laughs> but um, we were working with the Catholic diocese because there was for a couple of years, one of my team members had known this family in New Albany, just outside of the city that had been experiencing some pretty incredible things. He had been the only one who had been there. I had, Never met them, never spoken with them, never set foot inside of the house. Neither had anyone else in the team except for this one individual. And we go there, and we kind of find out as we get there, and priests are showing up and whatnot, that this isn't uh, an investigation, per se, so much as it is an attempt at an exorcism, for which I, I, I don't want to speak for them, but I know <laughs> I was very not prepared for <laughs> and not very knowledgeable at how to conduct that. I'm like, I mean, this is interesting to watch, but how much value are we actually here? You're putting in, you're, you're asking this family to leave the house so that two or three priests and then just a couple of novice investigators can walk in behind them with some gadgets. Like, I feel like we're doing something wrong here, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad I was there. Oh, I'm like getting like nervous. Just talking <laughs> about it. It was a, it was what quite a night. It, there was something very dark in that house and the things that we heard the things that we saw it was absolutely just without a doubt most horrifying night in my life and i'll recount a couple of incidents just so much happened um i think one of the most compelling things all night was the overwhelming sense kind of just of like fear and something being in every single room standing in the corner looking at you and watching you the entire time like it was just observing your actions but nothing was actually happening so we were in the master bedroom and it's kind of getting frustrated you know when you're in an investigation and you're working for hours and you're in this situation and using all these gadgets and gizmos and nothing is coming back to you and finally i just look at the team and i'm just like you know what guys it's here it's here right now but if what they're saying is true whatever is here is really powerful and really dark and it has no interest in any of us whatever is here right now is playing with us and the only thing it wants is to hurt this family and the second I said that, after three and a half hours having been in this house, the REM pod that we had sitting on the nightstand by the master bed 
just shoots on. And I don't mean it like shoots on like beeps for a minute or two. It held like a 45 second beep just going and going and then just shutting off and dying. Wow. And it was, it was, it was something. I'll tell you, I'm getting like, I gave me goosebumps. Just listen to it. You, you can tell just by the emotion that your voice is holding that I mean it was a very real experience for you. It was. It was. It was. It was something crazy. And I'll tell you, when we, it only got a little more. I don't know. I said it only got a lot more um, wild when we were kind of closing down the evening and the priests were beginning to read from a couple of verses that they brought a couple of uh, Bibles and that they had with them, kind of like you know their religious arsenal. And as they're reading it nothing's happening and i just keep repeating and repeating to them like say it again say it again say it again don't stop like you gotta fight it you gotta keep you gotta fill the room with it and so they keep going and after saying it for like the eighth time you hear what's like a rustle inside of the kitchen which is like directly parallel to the staircase so i say say it again and he says it again and the person we had standing next to the staircase like jumps back because he says that he felt something like rush through him and so we say, say it again. And you hear footsteps running up the stairs. He says it again. You see this like white mist to go past the doorway of the kid's playroom. We say, say it again. And you hear like the kid's table inside there just flip over. And then we say, say it again. And he does. And you just hear his thud in the back of that room. We all sprint up there like chasing it. We can literally track the activity to something running away from us. And we get up there. And in behind this like princess pink tent they had set up in the back of the playroom was this tiny little crawl space hidden behind it where all the activity and the sounds was like darting back towards and when the family came home and we told them this they're like well that adds up we've had two psychics here they wouldn't come in the house but they said upstairs in the kids playroom there's a portal into this home and so we were just like okay well that's something beyond us (laughs) we can get you in contact with some people but we thought, you know, we had chased it out of the house and we kind of wanted to leave them with that, you know, calming sentiment. Like it is fearful. You are powerful against it. You know, it's gone temporarily, but you can fight back against this. So we get in our cars, our, our respective cars. We're all driving off. We kind of jump on a, a three-way call on the highway, kind of recap on what just happened. And I'm like, you know, that was a really interesting investigation, guys. A lot of stuff I've never experienced before. And a lot of dark things I don't want to deal with again. But um, and uh, the guy who had got us in contact with doing this investigation is like, well, it didn't go too well for the family. I'm like, oh, I, I think we gave him some promising notes there. He's like, Connor, I just got a call from the family right before you called us. And the second we left, it started happening again. I'm like, what was happening? And apparently the second we left, they were all, well, the husband and wife, kids were in bed, but they were in their restroom. And they're just standing there, and they hear whistling, like a tune being whistled out of their closet. And they both look over there, and they hear footsteps just pound out onto the tile of the pasture bedroom and dart back upstairs to the kids' rooms. <laughs> so at some point, we're probably going to end up having to go back there. But I know the mother reported always seeing whatever this was as a modern-looking man in a flannel shirt. The kids always reported seeing a small girl in a white dress walking in the kitchen. The mother-in-law, who is not a believer, well, now she is, reported that on one occasion, and now she'll no longer, she no longer comes to Ohio to visit her family here anymore, But she because she walked into the guest room and there was an old lady standing in her by her bed who then got on the ground and crawled underneath the bed. And she got her stuff and she got the hell out of there. And it's, it's interesting because typically a demonic force will take one shape to fool everybody and actually drain them. But whatever this is, it's so powerful that it's taking on a completely different animation and form and fear factor for every individual in that house. It's trying to break each person down respectively by what scares them the most. Wow. That's great. Like, you, you, you've given all of us goosebumps. Like, I sit here and looking at these guys next to me, and they're just like, oh. <laughs> um, it's something else. <laughs> that, that, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, huh. That's one thing that I, I feel lucky about, that I've never experienced anything negative like that. Um, I've always had lighter, happier. Yeah, we've had benevolent yeah. spirits. We've never <laughs> had a malevolent spirit. I've had pranksters, ones that like to, like, play tricks on people but never anything that wanted to hurt anybody yeah I, 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 if i had a guess honestly it seems 
I want I want to say nowadays it's not entire, but it almost seems like entities like that are almost exclusively in homes or private residences or places that are off limits to the public. It, it, typically, you know, like, like I said, these things are trying to feed off of one individual or one family alone. And if there's any kind of a risk that other people could be coming in there, other investigators, especially who have a prevalence for trying to get rid of such things, they don't want to be there. So it's almost like if you're just a normal ghost hunter, you're just going to find, you know, quote unquote, normal ghosts. But it's once you start getting into, you know, kind of the, the smoky back room of investigations that, you know, that fun veil is lifted up and you see how horrific it can truly get. But that house to me, it almost just sounds like someone had invited oh. that spirit or deity, whatever it is, into the house at some point in its history. Yeah. For that, yeah. something that I, strong I, I, to be there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I obviously I won't disclose too much about the family's history. It's personal to them, but we they were kind enough to open up about a lot of uh, of their history to us, and I will say, there's a lot there that could have made what I believe is there come around. Yeah. So it's not as though it just popped up out of thin air. I think it's been there for a long time and it's just been building up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I got goosebumps now too. (laughs) (laughs) So you said you go back and forth between Phoenix and Texas. So you come pretty close to us. We're up here in Oklahoma. Um, Have you you ever (laughs) been up to Oklahoma and, and gone to any places up here? Uh, I have never been to an investigation in Oklahoma. I have driven through the state yeah. on a number of occasions um, <laughs> I, uh, before I, I um, made the bad decision of driving cross country a few times. And Oklahoma's smack dab in the middle. I go up through Amarillo, dive right through Oklahoma, and it's yeah, it's not too scenic. Some parts are great, but it's not <laughs> too scenic for well, the most part. Definitely the east, the, but, or the west coast, the west side well, is yeah, well, very nothingness. That's the problem with Oklahoma is where the interstates are and where the interstates cross everything. It's just open plain. Like there's just yeah. not a whole lot to see. But yeah, if you get in here and you get off into some of the the little areas around here, we've got some pretty pretty scenic, awesome places. You just have to know how to take the back highways to them because <laughs> the interstates don't take you to them. <laughs> Now, in West Texas, I, I, there's a lot of stuff out in West Texas that I've just driven past going, that place has got to be haunted. <laughs> oh, my goodness, isn't it? It's that, all of Texas seems to be haunted. Every <laughs> town has its own history. It's ridiculous. Okay. It's amazing for us yeah. as investigators, but it's just like, what is going on with that state? What is, what is happening here? I, I, you know, I, I know I've posted, uh, well, myself or my team have, a number of locations in Oklahoma, but to be completely honest, I am I am blanking right now in some of the more prominent locations. What are you, kind of your guys' favorite places to go out there? Well, I mean, we haven't done a whole lot of investigations outside of, like, private homes or things like that, but there's a town just south of us called Noble, Oklahoma, and there's a restaurant there called Kindles, and Kindles actually will do ghost hunts things like that. And we've been to Kindles and we've done investigations at Kindles before. And they have some pretty interesting stuff. I have some EVPs from Kindles that are pretty class A. You can completely understand what's being said stuff, but we've never had any like super activity while we were there. Now, now I I used to work at uh, a place called Power Jack Foundation Repair and we actually went in and did uh, concrete piers for them. And there's a basement there uh, that we brought our equipment into. And I didn't even know that there was anything kind of paranormal there. And this is, man, this is probably about five or six years ago. So it's been a while. But we had a bunch of our equipment down there, uh, including wheelbarrows with concrete, dry concrete, um, shovels that were leaned against the wall, just a lot of heavy shit. And uh, we worked there until about 7.30, 8, 8 o'clock at night, went home. And the whole idea is to keep it manicured so the customer knows that we're trying to take our best care of their area and uh, come back. And we we immediately asked the customer, like, who was in the basement last night? And there was a bunch of our shit, including a wheelbarrow that was well over 90 pounds, uh, flipped over and shit like that. Now, we were never affected, like, paranormally, like, as far as, like, uh, uh, I don't remember any kind of, like, uh, touches or feelings or like cold breezes, nothing like that. So whenever she was like, well, you know, there have been stories about people seeing, uh, 
entities and stuff like that here, and none of them have been like uh, aggressive. But and I, I immediately thought that it was kind of like a line of crap, and then I looked it up, and apparently there is there is uh, very much so spirits around that area. So uh, it was very interesting. That's crazy. See, we we, we've got a um, we in our town we've got a mental hospital that um, it is reportedly extremely haunted. And closed off wing that's a building that's just sitting there, and then an old cathedral like building that is boarded up. That there's reports throughout, and from like the 50s and 60s of hauntings. And yeah, and I've felt the, I've had the sen- the feelings of something being there when I've been by it. But well, we went, what is the what is the name of it? It's Griffin Memorial Hospital. Is it closed down to the public? It's no longer functioning? No, it's still a functioning hospital. They just have closed off these oh. buildings. And we had actually gone there um, to take just take pictures of the buildings. We had been on a haunted city, like a haunted Norman tour. And yeah. that was one of the places that they had talked a lot about. So we just went there to take some pictures about it, cause, uh, pictures of the building and stuff, because we were going to be doing a podcast on it. And um, while we were there taking pictures... First of all, they came and it told us to leave. But uh, before they, the security showed up, um, one of the employees came over and said, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Security's on their way. But yes, this place is extremely haunted. And so we we're like, okay, security came and I talked to him. And I said, well, I said, I'm sorry. I said, we, we weren't trying to come and get into the building or anything. We were just going to take pictures. He's like, that's fine. You know, we just, you know, there's the buildings are old. And he was saying that. It's dangerous to be near him. I was like, okay. Well, it just so happens that I also know one of the security guards that works there. And I was talking to him about it. And he said, oh, yeah, that place. He said, I went in. The, he's like, I went in there one time. There was a tornado that came through town. And he said he was out on the grounds. And that was the nearest building. So he ran into that building to take shelter. And he said he got into the building. And he locked the door, and he was going to to take shelter, and he started hearing a woman cry and scream, and he said he decided he was going to take his luck with the tornado, and he ran right back outside. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, and he says he doesn't. Gosh. He said he doesn't even believe in that kind of stuff, yeah. but he says he won't go in that building unless he's got other people with him. Yeah, but he's he's also informed us that we, he will take us through the building, so yeah, we we, that's something we've got to do. That. <laughs> well, there we go. That's a, that'll, that'll be quite the adventure going inside of there. It sounds pretty awesome. You said Groupin Memorial Home? Griffin, Griffin Memorial Hospital, yeah. Griffin Memorial Hospital. I'll have to see what I can find on that place. That yeah. sounds pretty intriguing. And then, of course, I think I think even Ghost Hunters went to the, was it Lion's Head Inn or Lion's Gate Inn that's in Guthrie? Yeah. Uh, there's a few places around Oklahoma that are haunted. Uh, a lot of the stories you hear, though, are more, you know, crybaby bridges and hitchhikers. We have hitchhikers. a lot of crybaby bridges and ghost hitchhikers. <laughs> and so yeah. Most of our experiences just come from our life growing up. Me and Amy, from the very first house we ever lived in till now, I've lived in haunted houses or something like that, or been around spirits. Or something's some, followed us. We don't yeah. know something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's always That's been a part a of our live. life. But, yeah, that's what got us into the paranormal was just growing up with it and just always having, you know, as a kid, it was to us, it was just another part of the family, you know, the ghost. Oh, that's that's our ghost. Like, we don't even think twice about it. You don't have one? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have one? (laughs) Uh, If you're doing it right, you shouldn't. I can't I can't imagine. I've often tried to put myself in that kind of a position. Like, what would it have been like? growing up with an actual ghost in the house because like any small child i certainly was fearful of that and this is prior to my you know having developed a a liking for that kind of stuff but oh my goodness that if i if i knowingly was growing up in a house that had that kind of activity i don't know how i would have been able to handle it (laughs) i was very much a scared child of everything well the ghost that was there except for our dad he was actually kind of like a helpful, friendly ghost, kind of like a Casper, you know. Um, he would do random things sometimes, but he, I mean, for the most part, it would be things like you're in the bathroom and he'd turn the sink on. Or, oh. you know, um, he was really big about opening the lot dryer for our mom when she'd be in there doing laundry. He'd open the dryer. Um, well, I, I, could, I could see building up to that. Yeah. And then... Our dad, our dad he, he didn't like our dad at he, all. Oh, he played tricks on our dad. 
pretty much for <laughs> years. Yeah. But, it's but, always how it is. It's always how it is. But see, our dad didn't believe in it. And he always made fun of our mom for all the things she would talk about. And so then one day, it's like the ghost kind of got tired of him making fun of everybody. And it started turn- It started out with like just his alarm clock would randomly just go off at 3 o'clock in the morning. And when he would check it, it would be set for, you know, 5 and... He, he bought a new alarm clock because he thought something was wrong with that alarm clock. And then the new alarm clock would do the same thing. And then I think the final breaker where he finally believed that there was something in that house was he was out mowing the yard. And we lived on two acres. And he was push mowing around the house. And it was a lot of hills. And the lawnmower ran out of gas. And so he went back to the garage to get the gas can. And as he was walking back to the lawnmower, the lawnmower was being pushed up the hill. Oh, what? <laughs> and that's when he finally was like, okay, yeah, there's something here. Yeah. But for a long time, he would blame me for doors that would get locked or drawers that would get left open, things like that. And it was just, that was the type of stuff the ghost would do, you know, lock doors. That is on the you. first time I've heard a story like that being, being pushed up the hill. Yeah. That is, wow. And that ghost followed my dad when he moved out of that house. He kept having the problems with the alarm clocks that would randomly go off or um, he would hear people talking when he would be home by himself, you know, things like that. That He hasn't tried, you know, you know potentially apologizing or appeasing it or <laughs> no, something like that like after, all these, no, after all these years. No, he would still pretend like it didn't happen. No, our dad passed away about 10 years ago and I... <laughs> I've always joked about the fact that I wonder if he's ever met he's met the ghost now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if they're buddies and they just hang out or if they you know, he's still messing with him or what <laughs> still playing tricks on him in yeah. the spirit realm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's quite a thought. Um, I don't know if he'd like that or not. I don't know <laughs> what, what would be going on. And so See, I wish I had a story like that growing up to have a, a full a full circle why I got here rather than just like oh it seemed cool this is a fun thing to do yeah well you know I didn't even realize there were ghost investigators until I was probably eighteen so and until I, think I watched uh, ghost, ghost hunters, hunters yeah. on sci-fi I didn't know it was even a thing yeah and then I started watching ghost hunters and I was like I want to do this and. I had even come up with a name. I was like, all right, we're going to have this. We were going to be cops. Central Oklahoma Paranormal Society. That was going to be our name. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> and, and I actually started buying like equipment here and there when I had money. And then another group came and stole my name. <laughs> but um, so since then, I've just kind of, we've done like little investigations and I'll do like cleansings for people, you know, uh, things like that. But we, I haven't really done any active investigation since I had my kids. Just one of those things yeah. that I always am scared that I'm going to bring something home. And I was just, I was just going to say, you're going to try and get them involved in this. See our, if you can pass on the torch at all. Our daughter is all about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is not an uncommon thing for me to get up in the middle of the night and our daughter's sitting in the living room with a K2 talking to something. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> like that's my, just my 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 girlfriend says it all the time. She's like, you know what? She's like, you know what? If we ever have a kid, like, and she wakes up, a normal parent will hear like, "Mommy, Daddy, there's something in my room," and they just send them back to bed. But Connor, given what you do, their our daughter or something would say, "Mommy or Daddy, there's something in our, in our room, and we're gonna shit our pants because there probably is." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, our daughter, she is all about it. She's. She'll sit there with cameras and take pictures, and she'll sit there with a K2, and she loves watching, um, oh, what was the show she was watching for so long? Uh, uh. She was watching Ghost Adventures for a little bit, but there was another paranormal show she was watching. Paranormal Survivor, something like that. Yeah, Paranormal Witness is what it paranormal was. Paranormal Witness, yeah. And so then I, I introduced her to Ghost Hunters, because I was like, this is a... This is more realistic. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it truly is. You know, I I never want to badmouth a show at all, but I will say, yeah, I think perhaps you guys can agree on this. You know, I, I've been all over the country, done done hundreds of investigations at this point, and you know, I'd say seven or eight times out of ten, not much happens. It's a pretty quiet night, maybe a few solid EVPs, 
But you watch shows like Ghost Adventures, and every place they go, it's like the devil's just walking down the, the walls, dancing around, <laughs> and they just happen to catch it on TV, and it booms and bangs, and it's like the most active night in the past decade. And it's like, that is not how it happens, guys. This does not <laughs> happen every single time. Like, oh, yeah. I'm telling like if, if you are, you guys are coaxing something in a bad way. Oh, yeah. But yeah. some of it, ha- I, I don't want to say they're faking anything, but something is going on behind the scenes that is making that a thing. They're bringing in somebody to conjure right before it happens <laughs> just so they have the most Ooh. activity. <laughs> oh, they've got it. I mean, Zach, Zach himself just, you know, having that haunted museum. I'm sure he just got so much attached to him that whenever he walks into a location, the ghost population goes up by 20. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that certainly helps out. <laughs> well, there was the rumor going around that he bought Alistair Crowley's house uh, on Loch Ness. I don't know if he did or not, but... Yeah. And that place is supposed to be extremely haunted, and it is on my bucket list of haunted places to visit. That's for sure. But <laughs> I didn't know that that was a, a thing. Oh <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise I, that wouldn't surprise me. But it's, it's just like, man, so far away. How often are you going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a really place you want to go on a vacation home is to Loch Ness, but. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Goodness, I, I know. Um, I was speaking recently with the uh, the family who owns the Sally House because they're in the process. And for you guys, or for any of the listeners who are interested, they are in the process of trying to sell their home, the, the Sally House. They've been in the process for a couple of years, and I was kind of just talking with them, trying to see what that price would look like because that would, that would be a very nice kind of trophy. <laughs> to, to own the Sally House and whatnot if you're a paranormal enthusiast. And uh, I don't want to say what their their asking price was. That can be something between everybody if they, they actually reach out to them. But it was very fair, a very good deal. I think it generates like fifty or $60,000 a year, so you make a nice profit off of it. Yeah. But I was this close to buying it, but I was finally just like, you know what, how often am I going to be there? I'm not going to travel from Phoenix and Scottsdale to atchison kansas every weekend <laughs> talk about a boring drive i've driven kansas many times <laughs> oh my goodness it is at least under the the eastern part of kansas yeah. i've always liked the eastern part a lot more rolling hills very be- very scenic and beautiful yeah that's actually where i've spent most of my time in kansas because uh dave was in the army and he was up at fort riley which is up in that area so yeah but yeah you guys have just been all over there oh yeah <laughs> Growing up, we used to go out on a lot of vacations around the central yeah. part of the United States. So, the Kansas and Missouri and area, we've we've been to a lot of places around there. So. Now, yeah. is there a place that you really want to visit that you haven't had the chance to visit yet? Oh, I'm sure there's a number of them. If I had to <laughs> think right now, I'll tell you two. I'm going to tell you one for the paranormal aspect, one for the historical aspect. You know, I have never actually... Um, made my way to um, either the Winchester Mansion or, goodness, what is the the Stanley Hotel? That's what it is. And just for the history behind them and their prevalence in TV shows and investigations and lore, I'd love to go there. If there was one spot overall that I could just go because I just want to have a wild night and get spooked immensely... I would have to say I'd want to go to the Ellis Island um, Sanatorium. I know a guy who does some tours out there. They don't officially allow investigations, but I keep thinking, like, one of these days i got to reach out to him and see if he can't get me in there. <laughs> or the Eloise Insane Asylum in, uh, outside of Detroit. Those two just, the whole aesthetic inside and outside, the history and what I've heard about them just seem so attractive to my paranormal side who just wants to go in there and experience something so few have in the past. Yeah. Now, in your experience, do, uh, like, the the prisons and, you know, sanatoriums and mental hospitals, just all of them just have tons of activity? Or is it just kind of, Do you think it more is just the, the mindset of people who were there giving fear to those who go visit? You know, I this is something I, I kind of uh, ponder a lot. I think it's always kind of an easy out just to say, you know, a lot of people died there. So, you know, there's a lot of ghosts there. That that very well may be the case and, you know, could be the, uh, the end of it all. Like, that is the reason. But, you know, I, I, I go to some places where just as many people died as the last place. And there's, like, 
one percent of the activity and some people might say oh what's the the structure and the foundation of the building like these ones are like by burial grounds or these ones are a hundred more hundred years older or these ones have a certain kind of actual rock and substance that they were created with that kind of feeds into the stone tape theory that just imprints the spirit so much easier i think it's so it's so many different things that could cause it in every single location and i think that's kind of the crux of it for sanatoriums and hospitals is that you know while at the end of the day it probably is you know tens of thousands of people died there or something around there it's just there's so much at play there from how big the location is to how much land it takes up what could have happened on that on that land hundreds of years ago the history of the building the immense amount of deaths the mistreatment the abuse like and it all kind of just coalesces at the end of the day to our modern age of a horror house yeah this is something that i, I always wonder with different groups and different investigators what is your take on like mediums is it something that you have ever used on investigations or is it something that you just kind of like, ah, don't believe in it. What's your take on mediums? And investigations? Yeah, um, I've, I've used it. I've, I've used a medium and a psychic um, once or twice. Uh, not very often, typically um, for locations that I'm kind of actually trying to investigate something similar. I used one for uh, the hospital last weekend going into mineral wells for the beach army hospital but I, I certainly believe in that. But I think, you know, every medium and psychic under the sun wants to advertise their powers as unabated and all-seeing, all-knowing, and unmatched by anybody else in the field. And I think it's paramount amongst teams to vet who they're using, reference who they're using, actually build a decorum and a relationship with these people before you use them in the kind of capacity that investigators typically would because, you know, they're a dime a dozen and out of all of them, one in 10 is going to actually know what they're saying and be, you know, feeding you proper information rather than just saying what you want to hear. Yeah. So it's a very thin line you have to walk in my opinion, but if, once you find the right one, they are an invaluable tool to be using. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's one of those things that it's also when you're, when you're an investigator and you've got, the equipment and you can actually get the scientific readings and the data that correlate with the medium. I think that adds so much to the information that you have. Oh yeah. They're they're, it's a, a, it's a skill and talent that I couldn't, I can't even begin to fathom what it's like to live with, but yeah, I I'm, I'm all about it. I believe in it, but I believe even more in making sure that you're not getting, you know, screwed over having someone lie to you just kind of feeding into your own ambitions and fears, try and make it seem like you're getting your money's worth and stuff like that. So I have like two or three people that I work with who are actually in all three states that we're in, Tennessee, Ohio, and Arizona, that I trust entirely. So just, you know, like anything else, any other purchase you make, any other person you would bring into your home or your life for any kind of, you know, service, make sure you look into it because you need to make sure you're bringing in the right person. Yeah. Well, and also I think that, I don't know, there's a lot of mediums out there that do charge. But oh, yeah. there's also some mediums out there that don't charge for it. Now, they, they, you work on their schedule because they, you know, they're not getting paid for it, so they're going to do it when they, when they can do it. But that's another thing, too, is that there's, there are people out there who won't charge for it. But those are harder to find because they don't advertise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're all, they're all, the, one, the stores I hear about, the ones who don't advertise, though, who are just like a mom and pop shop or a friend of a friend. It, they, they do the most compelling things I've ever heard sometimes. And again, that's, that's why I really want to like reiterate, like, you know what? Definitely look at into it. Yeah. Find the best ones. Cause again, invaluable tool. It's, you know, there are so many skeptics nowadays, you know, I mean, just as much as ever, honestly. And they asked for the past 50 years, like, you know, give us, pictures give us video evidence give us visual evidence let us be there ourselves and witness it and you give it all to them and they still are skeptics and say oh you're faking it somehow but it's kind of, and which they can say because you're using a bunch of technology which you know it can be finicky and can malfunction but when you're kind of juxtaposing it with what a third party outside source unknowledgeable to anything that you're working on can say it adds a bit more you know believability to what's going on you know it's not just techno technological it's human instinct yeah 
Speaking of technology, what kind of tools do you use when you do an investigation? I I am pretty simple. You know, I um I never invested too many too much from uh, of our funds into technology. Really, what we go in with uh, an EVP for all of us, uh, a flashlight. We'll have um a spirit box and a REM pod. Typically, if it's a big location with a stories of certain lo- of certain areas that have a lot of visual stuff happening we'll bring a couple of um thermal imagers and some uh infrared cameras to record for the evening but you know i like to uh, i like to just instead of buying a you know like four of everything five of everything and getting the latest stuff you know i like to redirect that into you know airfare and <laughs> rental costs for these uh these locations you know yeah and this is just me it differs for everybody obviously while i fully believe so much if not almost all of a lot of the technological evidence people gather i am an individual who is so much more compelled by what you can capture with your actual senses with, with what you can actually hear with what you can actually see and actually experience. It almost takes something out of it when you're asking it and you're recording it and you're playing it back and you hear something and you got to make out what you just heard. And when you finally figure out, it's like, oh, it's like, well, yeah, well, now it's like that happened like five minutes ago. And like, there's like a wall between us. It almost feels like yeah. it's like yeah. that happened, but like we didn't, it didn't really happen in the sense that like we didn't experience it. We kind of just recorded it. And it's awesome. It's cool. It's crucial for pushing the field forward. But as a personal investigator, you know, I like to go in blind i like to go in with not a lot of equipment i like to see what i myself can experience and get in front of because that's really what at the end of the day proves a haunting to me you know we can again anybody can mess around technology but if you can experience it for yourself you know it's indisputable oh yeah i would would think definitely from kind of what you're what you do when you're able to share those experiences i mean that's what most people who are going to go visit that place you're going to have most people aren't going to have you know, camera, infrared cameras and all this stuff. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. Just a few and then things that, that's, I mean, you're, 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 you're hundred percent correct. Definitely. I mean, when I went to the, the army, the beach army hospital out in Texas recently, you know, my, um, my, one of the guys I work with who, uh, works with the, with the production company offered to bring out all this different stuff. I'm like, no, don't bring any of it. He's like, you sure? I've got like a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment we can bring. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to bring any of it. And he's like, well, why not? I thought I wanted to open this place to the public. I'm like, yeah, but if I'm using all this technology all night, one person, like I'll be just, you know, fumbling around with different recorders and all this stuff that I'm not going to be able to know what's going on around me. And if I just say to the public or to these tour agencies, like, oh, I got some cool EVPs or this happened or that happened. And typically these EVPs and recordings aren't, you know, a class, you know, it's like, it's weak. It's a weak selling point. I wanted to come out of there and say, I saw things getting thrown. I saw an apparition. I heard a door bang. Like I myself went in there and I didn't need any audio or visual enhancements. The place was so haunted that I, as an actual human being could see it for myself. Oh yeah. That, that, that is a bigger selling point to me. Cause yeah, I'm not going to lug around all my equipment to go stay somewhere or go visit someplace, especially if it's just like a day trip, you know, like, Hey, let's go this place. Uh, definitely definitely yeah. exactly yeah yeah i i want to feel somebody tap me on the shoulder i want to <laughs> you know i want <laughs> not you chad oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want my hair pulled i want to be punched in the face yeah no uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> are we still talking about paranormal stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but no uh now there's a place on my bucket list that that's probably 17 hours away from us but i wondered if you'd been there the Velisca axe murder house in iowa the Velisca axe murder house yeah i have uh, i've not been there i've spoken with its um its uh current owner a number of times uh i've read a lot into its history and the murders and stuff like that i have never been out in that neck of the woods though i, I would have posted on the page by now but i i typically try to um, post places that aren't so prevalent you know if yeah. if i post Velisca axler house this isn't like eye-opening or insightful to anybody yeah. everybody's well aware of what it is where it is and what happened there 
So I, I certainly want to go there. Definitely <laughs> on my bucket list as well. Yeah, but like my true crime love and my paranormal love combined into one house, and it's just like, <laughs> yes, I have to go. <laughs> it's it, it truly is incredible. And you know, the, the further, the more I read into it, it's like the more the story kind of unravels. And something that we're trying to work on right now is to get our hands on the um the murder like on the uh, the axe. You know, we spoke with um. The, uh, the owner for a while, and they informed us uh, the axe is at a museum in uh, – is at a local museum outside of the city, not even in Villisca right mm-hmm. now. But um, – and I was like, what do you think the odds are of them selling that to me? <laughs> and he's like, I, just, I, just, I can't imagine they're high. Like, well, no one's going to – it's never a high chance for a random person to show up and offer to buy a murder weapon. But – for the right price. So that's my dream right now. I'm going to buy the Sally house and I'm going to buy the Velisca Axe murder house, a number of other places. And then boom, I'm set. Yeah. I have all the horror I need in my life. <laughs> you can open up your own little museum. Now you said you were, uh, <laughs> uh, you were traveling a lot more to, uh, and I know we just talked about prominent places that a lot of people know of, but have you known anybody to do any kind of investigation in the, uh, Texas chainsaw massacre house in Texas? Not personally, to be completely honest, I've never even, I, I know it's a real place, but yeah. I've never really heard too much lore about it, happenings surrounding it. Uh, so if, if you had anything to say about it right here, that would be the first I've heard. Uh, no, I just, I, I figured, you know, a lot of places have, sorry, a lot of places that have uh, not, not remnant spirits, um, Remaining spirits, if you will, spirits that just stick around. Um, this particular place uh, dealt with, I think it was around 32 deaths or something like that uh, on mm-hmm. property. Now, being at the being at the fact that the house has been moved since, um, I would think that the the people that were still there, the spirits that were still there, are probably more prominent to the land than they are the house themselves. But in that mm-hmm. case, I, I, I mean, it's something that I would like to dig into. So it, it, it's it's definitely more interesting the backstory, especially the backstory like that one. I mean, that I again, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say it. I, I've never really looked too much into it, or having seen the movie numerous times and heard the name in passing. I've never really uh, delved into it at all. But it's definitely something to look into. I will say, when I was uh, freshman in college, we were driving down some country roads, and this is in Ohio, so completely unrelated, but very eerie. We were t- down some country roads, a bunch of, bunch of cornfields, and just nobody around. It was kind of sunset. But as we're driving out in the middle of this f- cornfield is this person who's in the getup from the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I tell my friend, like, slow down, slow down, stop the car real fast. And we stop. And we just look at this guy, and he, he doesn't stop. Like, he's just walking slowly through the cornfield, and it's about waist high on him. Like, it, you would have thought it was like the, the slow-mo ending of a horror movie, just a bad guy walking away, something like that. And we kind of yelled, like, honked our horn and yelled out to him, like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Kind of taunting him a bit, you know, stupid college students. Exactly and he doesn't respond. He do. just keeps walking and disappears into the tree line in the back of the cornfield. And I constantly remember that whenever I think of that movie. <laughs> just like, you know what? I saw a dude, and I don't know what he was doing or what he had just done, but... <laughs> Yeah, to this day, I I gotta look into that or something. Like, did murders happen in this area around this time? Because I might have seen them. <laughs> or, or did I, the scarecrow in the field like hop and come alive and wander off? Jeepers oh, creepers! Nope, <laughs> into my shift. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Walking off. No matter what the reality is here, it's horrifying. Nothing good is coming. What is the episode? There's an episode of. Um... Uh, Supernatural, where the scarecrow comes to life in the field and like slaughters people. Uh, yeah, I think it's like one of the first few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one of the episode, first episodes that's based in Oklahoma, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice, I never saw that one. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I think it's a. I think it was like a pagan. He was a pagan deity or something. I don't know. Off topic. It just popped <laughs> in my head because I scarecrow <laughs> walking around killing people. Uh, so you say you're in the Phoenix area? Or? I am, yes, sir. Are there any places around the, where you're at that you've gone to that uh, you think are you know worth people going to see and stuff? 
There are places, Phoenix itself, yeah, Phoenix like every other city, it's a bunch of, uh, this hotel's haunted, or this local theater's haunted, and places that I check out, but I'm sure they don't cater to that kind of, that kind yeah. of stuff. But there's a bunch of places outside of the, the city. Um, Hotel Monte Vista up in Flagstaff, that's a big, that was on, that's on my bucket list, that place, if you guys ever get a chance to stop on, go onto their website, they have an entire place dedicated to the hauntings there it's like every single floor every single room like something completely new and unique it's not like oh people are hearing screams on this floor and like there are a bunch of footsteps on this one it's like every single floor is like a house of horrors and it's like something out of a stephen king book and it's i'm very excited to get to get there uh what is it? there's the vulture mines there's birdcage theater um down south a bit there, there are some good places here but uh they're um a bit of a trek outside the city, but certainly something I want to head out once the summer heat dies away. Yeah. Actually, you're talking about hotels made me think about the Skirvin. I didn't yeah, even think about the Skirvin in Oklahoma City. I was going to bring that up earlier, and I decided to wait. Yeah, we've got a hotel in Oklahoma City that's called the Skirvin. Now, they don't like to cater to the haunting. They don't like to have anything to do with it. But it was haunted enough that there are entire NBA teams that will not stay at the Skirvin when they come to play the Thunder because of all the activity that happens yeah. there. Um, oh, that's Met- Meta World <laughs> well, that Peace refuses compelling. to stay there because he was a t- uh, touched he, by he was a inappropriately touched spirit. in the No No Square. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is also where the uh, the love of uh, being in love with uh, what are they? What's called? God, I can't remember. Oh man, <laughs> never mind, man. Never mind. <laughs> but, yeah, Skirvin's always been one on our list. That there's a lot of like physical hauntings that like. People being touched, people being pushed, hair being pulled, stuff like that that happens in Oklahoma City. And multiple NBA yeah. players have talked about it. And like, I'd say, from what I remember, like at least a quarter of the NBA refuses to stay there when they come to Oklahoma City. Oh, that's wild. Now, there's one thing. Into that. There's one thing with the Skirvin, though. The history that comes along with the Skirvin doesn't meet up with the hauntings. No. And so, do you run into that very often, where the history and the hauntings don't really work together? Like, it doesn't make sense? I, definitely. It's usually in... I, I run into it a good deal, and it's always kind of in the sense of, like, kind of like you are kind of saying there, the history does not support what's happening. In the sense, like, no one died here. Like, this isn't a very populated place. This place has only been around since the 50s. Like, why is all this happening? Yeah. Well, see, like this, with the Skirvin, it's the 10th floor that's haunted. Well, the 10th, and it's related back to the original owner of the Skirvin, but there wasn't a 10th floor at that time. And the 10th floor was added uh... later. And then I think it's supposedly um, his mistress yeah. that got pregnant and then jumped out the window um, but, yeah, there's no there was no 10th no floor for her to jump out of, and then there were no reports of a woman jumping to her death out of the, the original Skirvin. So it's one of those things that things don't line up quite right with the stories, but that doesn't technically mean that it's not haunted. It just may not be the, the story, the ghost that they think it is or whatever. So. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those are the best haunts, the ones you got to kind of... Uh, figure out where you're really looking for those EVPs or spirit box responses and, you know, team after team, you kind of puzzle it together. And then, you know, five years down the road, we can't, we know who this person is. We know why they're there. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I wish the Skirvin would open up to for investigations. Cause I know I was actually supposed to, was going to go on a ghost tour at the Skirvin. I, I was actually buying my tickets and then they canceled it and moved it to the zoo because the zoo was supposedly haunted because the Skirvin didn't want to have anything to do with it. No. It is one of the nicer hotels in the Oklahoma City area, yeah. so I'm sure they don't want to cater to the paranormal yeah. side. Yeah, you know they're one yeah. of, they're in that five star hotel that you know three four hundred dollars a night for your rooms. <laughs> 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 yeah, they want to keep the high ends. Yeah, so, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Then there's a lot of places out there that I've discovered that you know they they there are stories of hauntings, but they don't want any association with the haunting. Is that something you run into sometimes, or is it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I always, um, I always try to put include that in like the the ending of each post, like the availability. And I'll, you know, I'll one in three, sometimes even half the time. It seems like, uh, you know, it's like this is private property, or they don't advertise it for this, or 
you know, they're not doing paranormal investigations, so you might actually have to buy a room and kind of just sneak around the halls or just go on a normal tour at this museum and see what happens while you're on the tour. You know, a lot of the most prominent places are, are like that. And, you know, well, like you just said, they don't want to advertise themselves like that. But for some of them, it seems silly because it's like 90% of people know the name of your building or your museum because of what's said to be happening there and if you just open it up for paranormal investigations you probably see your revenue boost up pretty high and bring in a lot more people and notoriety and press coverage for literally just feeding into what your namesake basically is already aligned with yeah now and what you do do you ever run into places where people call you in and like hey our place is haunted we want to get it ready and then you get there and it's just kind of made up like there's really nothing that happens and um, or is it you? You pretty much every place you go is haunted. I mean, there there have uh, definitely been some locations where it's it seemed like what you said there first, where not a lot happens, and far be it for me to say they were making anything up. You know, obviously, you know, places have active nights, places have quiet nights. You know, I could have been there on a quiet night, which seemed to be far more prevalent in most locations for when you go there, but. You know, I never think they're faking it, but I've definitely like, traveled a, a good deal to get to the, some locations and left there like thinking, well, this was a waste of my time. I shouldn't <laughs> have come all the way for that. Wish I wish more had happened. Yeah. I just made me think of it because I remember the, back to the ghost hunters again because that's my that's my exploring of haunted locations. Um, they had been to one place and, yeah, they had like, mechanicals and the stuff in the ceiling to make the light swing and things like that. And I just wondered if you'd ever run into that anywhere. Not um. just yet. I, I, I've <laughs> gone to a number of places where something happened. And when I talked about it on the page or to other investigators in passing, they would kind of laugh and say, Oh, so-and-so or this location is kind of known for staging that. So it's very likely that I've uh, been duped in the past in a number of instances but uh it's never happened to where it's not brought to my attention at some point down the road that's good so you're not not advertising for somebody you know kind of tricking you exactly yeah yeah do you have anything um you want to plug for yourself and your your page uh not for the page, I suppose, but a, a fun plug for the paranormal community as a whole, especially those down there in your guys' neck of the woods in and around the state of Texas. Uh, I believe it's July 13th, Beach Army Hospital is opening up for first investigations, first people allowed inside of there in the past 50 years. And I can tell you, having just done the building's first investigations, horrifying, just huge building. I actually got lost there numerous times inside throughout the night. So it is a winding hall of just people screaming and voices and disembodied footsteps all sorts of stuff i i don't want to i don't want to undersell i don't want to oversell want people to see it for themselves but like i said construction is starting in late september early october so this place is going to open for the first time in half a century and it will be open for about three or four months so this is the one chance you'll ever get to investigate what I truly believe is going to become over the course of this time, the most haunted place in Texas. I say July 13th birthday trip. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be our two year anniversary of our podcast too. Yeah. We'll have to go there and I'll move it into a new house after that. So it sounds like a good week. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your stories and, uh, just yeah, just hanging out with us. It's no, really it's my pleasure. Believe me, I always uh, love to join some like-minded people and uh, talk about everybody's share experiences. You know, you gave me some places I got to look into now, so <laughs> that is invaluable to me. That some good stuff to check out, and I can certainly, when I find those places and post about them down the road, hopefully, can shout out, shout out the podcast like these people. They know some yeah. good haunts that uh, I never came across. Yeah, what you oh. need to do is you need to talk to Griffin's ho- Griffin, Griffin Hospital and get them to open that building up for paranormal investigations. Yeah. I'm telling you, they did it one time. Uh. It wasn't even for paranormal investigations. They opened it for a tour so you could experience what it was like to be in the mental hospital at that time period. But, of course, everybody brought, brought all their equipment to this tour because that's like the first time they'd opened up the doors for like the public to see it. 
And it's like, you guys, open it up. <laughs> also, there's there's one more spot that I I don't know if you've ever done any kind of investigations in Louisiana, but the one that I actually have personal experience with is uh, Ellerby Road Elementary School. Uh, Can you say that one more time? Ellerby Road Elementary School. Ellerby Road Elementary. I cannot say. You guys are just giving me <laughs> locations I have not heard about before. Uh, we went out there when <laughs> I was 16 years old down Ellerby Road. Uh, it's literally Ellerby Road. It, it, it used to be a... Um, and this is a school all the way in the 50s. It used to be a school that was uh, still part of the uh, segregation part of town. Um, and uh, basically what ended up happening is it burned down in 74, 75, killing a lot of kids um, and, and uh, just a bunch of stuff. But basically, uh, it's known to be a very haunted area. Uh, there's actually a Reddit page that is specifically for the encounters that people have had there. The one encounter I had was with me, uh, my uh, friend at the time, when I was 16 years old and our two girlfriends that came along with us. And we got to about uh, uh, as close as um, probably about a, not even a quarter mile, like less than a quarter mile. And our sh- car shut off uh, and it wouldn't let us turn it back on. Um, and then the situation ensues where we're sitting there trying to turn it over and we look in a window that we very visible and there's a light. It looks like a candlelight, not like a like a light bulb light. Um, and it's just sitting there flickering. Um, and uh, pretty much it got to where we were able to turn the car back on. And this is a newer car. It's not an older car. Um, yeah. And we were able to turn around. And I was like, I'm not going any further. Uh, I'm good on That's this one. Weird. But if anything, um, if you could find any kind of information on it before you decide to, if you decide to go that route or even dig deeper into it, uh, look up the Reddit page and also... Um, there's also a bunch of history backing this uh, stuff because there's a lot more darker stuff that happened there. Um, but uh, I'll, uh, I won't ruin the story for you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you guys have put me in a, in a spooky mood. I'm going to have to spend the rest of my night researching and watching some YouTube videos. Well, yeah. I'll just Apolo- think of my film now. Apologize to your girlfriend for us, please. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the real victim here. She has to hear what I'm listening to. So. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. And we also, we do, um, we'll do a haunted road, haunted trip. road trips where we take our, I can't even think right now, the most, the places where we have the most listens from, you know, a couple weeks or whatever, and we'll investigate those cities and talk about the haunted locations in those cities. And if we, our next time we do it, we'll hit you up and see if you've got any places up there that you can think of that. You've been. I think our last one was Brighton, England. We actually yeah. have a, we have a but, bunch of people in England oh, that listen. So, but we've done like Portland and Chicago, uh, and Seattle, Seattle, yeah. And we just kind of go yeah. where our listeners tend to be the most active, and then just try to yeah. pull stuff out. Well, that, for that's them, a fun so. time for you guys. Goodness, yeah. yeah. And we, we try to find places that you can actually visit that are you know open to it, so that our listeners that are in those areas can actually go and experience it themselves instead of. Oh, for sure. That, that's the most important. I, 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 I very often do, but I hate talking about places and posting places and where, you know, I, I build it up. This place is so haunted. They get to the very end. Now, nah, listen up. You can't go here. You just can't do it. <laughs> Off limits. Yeah. There was our haunted Norman tour that we went on. There's a place out east of town that basically was it Al Capone. Al Capone was one of his hideouts. And it's supposedly a super haunted house, but it's private property property and you can't go on it. And it's like, oh, but. Why would you tell us? Why did you tell us about it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm known to do that, so I I need to be a little more cognizant of what I'm I'm, I'm feeding towards people. But no, yeah, for sure. Whenever you guys, whenever you hit the road, feel free to to hit me up. I'm more than happy to give my two cents on wherever you guys might be heading off to. All right. Sounds great. And thank you again for joining us. And... um, yeah, our listeners, if you want to go check out The Haunted Historian on Instagram, uh, awesome awesome pictures on there, by the way. I was scrolling through it earlier thinking, oh, that looks like a fun place to go. <laughs> <laughs> so as me and Eli go and Yeah, we're actually, the- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're over there following I, I can't. I can't take credit for too many. You know, it's, uh, some of them are mine, some of them the team took. Uh, a lot of them are from uh, other investigators, other teams, or third-party publications who... Uh, give us permission to use a lot of their stuff. I would love to say 
I <laughs> that great with the camera, but <laughs> I'm not. It, it's uh, like, like like I said, it's a community of people from around the world who, you know, they all let this kind of be the platform where everybody can ex- kind of express what they're experiencing, what they're seeing, what they're capturing. That's why it's kind of you know like the the hottest historian, not yeah. you know Connor Gossel, because yeah. you know I, I want I don't want it to sound cliche, but in theory, everybody is the hottest historian. It's uh, the work and the effort of a lot of people to make this page rather than just me. And so if our listeners have something that they want to like send to you, do they just submit it through Instagram? Yeah, they can certainly, uh, they can uh, send a direct message to me on Instagram. I, uh, I'm always pretty responsive to that whenever they're sending out some places my way. Uh, there's an email on there as well uh, that you can uh, click on email and it's monitored by the team and some of the people that work with us. So people will be in touch with you within two or three hours if you send an email, but by all means, uh, whether you're, mentioning a location that you want us to look into and potentially cover or submitting a, you know, um, some evidence you got, or if you took a really fun photo of you, you and your family, which we get up pretty often of viewers who are um, just uh, send pictures of them and their family at a hotel. Like I heard this place is haunted. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Like, sure. So whatever you want, we're happy to see it, any and all of it. I'll have to dig up one of our pictures at that haunted cathedral at Griffin and send oh, to I've you. I've got a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <of them. laughs> The, the cathedral. Well, like I said, I'm awesome. happy. To, I'm happy to see it. <laughs> I say the cathedral looks like something out of a horror movie, so it's it's oh, they pretty, it's, do. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's right off of a main road, so every time you you know go to Taco Bell, you, you're sitting there staring at it. For <laughs> <laughs> or if you're eating at IHOP, you're yeah. just staring out the window <laughs> at the place. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, thank you just so a much. Great way to. My pleasure. Hope to be able to talk to you guys again here soon. Best of luck on all your uh, your journey and around, it sounds like. All right. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Stay safe on your travels. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for the corona. Oh, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> I'm not in the best place for it right now. I think we're number one in the country now for, for COVID cases. So Yeah, we're spiking, too. be staying aside. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. No problem. See you guys. Bye-bye. We want to thank again for Connor for joining us and... Hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, hope you enjoyed our stories. And I mean, his first story I mean, gave me the chills, so I hope it gave you the chills as well. Yeah, I, I had was, the whole time he was talking, I had goosebumps. The way he <laughs> tells that story with such emotion just makes you tell, like, makes you know that it was real and not something he just made up. Oh yeah, we'll sit, we'll put a link. <laughs> we'll be in a link to the historic the the haunted historian on our, our website, yeah. and. You can check out our website at umpnormalcy.com. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at umpnormalcy. And also the link for that is in our description. And until next time. Keep digging.